Welcome to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast, where we get to follow up, break down, and discuss last Sunday's message. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more about what God has for us. Now let's join our team as we gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. I am Justin Oswald, the executive pastor of TC. Back again with me today is the lead pastor, Brad Livingston. What's up, guys? Good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. And, uh, man, it's good to be back with you guys. Uh, Craziness going on here at TC in the best possible way. And uh, coming off a great week. You got it there? Yeah, I was just combobulated over here. Uh, but yeah, coming off a, a a great week and good time, man. Uh, powerful Sunday. We baptized some folks on Sunday. Five of them. Five of them. Uh, and so that's just man, amazing. You know, we've last month I think we had eight. This month we had yep. five. And so man, we're just celebrating what God is doing in people's lives, and it's been incredible. Um, and so yeah, it's been it's been good. We've been getting good feedback on the series too. Yeah. We always do. Uh, this series is just super helpful. Uh, I had someone hit me up just yesterday, and they're like, man, I've just been loving this series. It's, you know, it's been helpful. It's been great. You know, the word just been like, right on time, right where we need it to be, all that's that good. stuff. So I mean, that's, that's supposed to be. Yeah. So we've been. It's amazing how God works that out. And then, isn't that something? Always speaking. As if he's not. sovereign. <laughs> me and Justin gave each other <laughs> the look when he said that. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. Sovereign. Yeah. No. Uh, it's It's just been good, man. He's. He's been moving in people's hearts and, and even just, you know, it's one thing I think for God to move in our hearts. And it's one thing I believe for God to, you know, bring conviction to us. I think it's a whole nother thing when people start doing something with that conviction and yeah. when people start kind of giving, uh, <clears throat> kind of allowing that conviction to prompt them to change, uh, an aspect of their heart, their actions, how they're loving their spouse, uh, et cetera. Like, I just think that that is, uh, Super powerful, and we're start, and we've been seeing some of that throughout the series. But actually, I think it's just incredible, man. It it gets me all excited and super pumped up. So. It's the word at work. The, <laughs> I just thought of that the word by, at work all by myself. You're gonna get that on a poster in your wall. Put it on a shirt. Put it next to a Michael Scott poster or something. The word at work. The word at work. It's what it is, though. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I have that in my office. It's not hanging up, but I have it. Uh, Anyways. yeah, it is. No, no, you're right though. It is. You know, God speaking through His Word and, and just doing something in people's hearts. So it's powerful. So it's a good, it's a good series. I mean, it's it's something that no matter where you're at on the age spectrum or married, single, whatever. I mean, there's something that applies to everybody. Yeah. You know. Yeah. For that sure. Everybody can be better at. Um, so no, it's good. And we're, we're finishing up this week. Yeah, this is the last week. We talking about marriage again. This coming up week, um, a little bit different angle than we've talked about it so far. So, um, you know, just. Again, trying to bring some help. Uh, things to be clarifying for some people, you know, dealing with marriage, structure of marriage, and, you know, and, and what it's supposed to look like. And, uh, yeah, I actually have Ashley. Ashley's working on a big project for me now oh. uh, for Sunday. So, Uh-oh. Yeah. bit of an illustration. That's good. Yeah. So, it'll be. It'll uh, be it's one of those where, you know, we could talk about some of it, but just like with every week, I mean, do yourself the favor and, you know, if you're listening, you know, listen to the message or, or go to the website or YouTube and watch it. Yeah. Um, you, you won't be, you won't be disappointed. You did that. Yeah. I hope not. Uh, if you are, I'm sorry. If you're disappointed. You are. That's, <laughs> that's on yeah, you. I don't yeah, know what to, I don't tell know you. to tell you. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, we came off a, a good Sunday and, 
kind of kicked off this this week. Uh, There's no reason to hide, which we got to jam out to some Bruno Mars instrumental uh, in the announcements. Background. You think people caught that? I know some people did because some of them talked about it. Uh, yeah. I think all the musicians, particularly musicians that like kind of that gospel funk R and B is kind of part of their repertoire. Right. They they all caught it for yeah. sure. Um, it's so, a good song. It's a great song. Versace on the floor. Seriously. Yeah. So not for single people. <laughs> if you're single, <laughs> right, right, right. You probably for don't married need, folks. It's a great you song. I shouldn't even listen to the song. <laughs> It'll yeah. It stirs up unnecessary emotions at this point in your life, but. No, it's a good song, and uh, Bruno Mars is just a... He's great. Like, yeah, yeah, dude can write some great music. But uh, So, yeah, we had that playing in the background. Yeah, a couple of our musicians, Adam Adam, came busting into the green room uh, where I was putting my microphone and stuff on before I was going out to preach while the track was running. He came busting through the doors, singing the chorus of it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was good, good times. It was good. Yeah, but, yeah, so we Let's were talking talk about, about sex. It. This past Sunday, we talked about sex. We did. Uh, and we talked about, uh, and we approached sex from a number of different angles. That sounded weird. Uh, we approached sex from a number of different uh, perspectives in regards to, for marriage, for singleness. So what you're saying is we took several different positions on sex. <laughs> Why would you do that, bro? <laughs> I can't help it. Oh, man. That's what we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, and tried to approach it in a way that whether you're single, engaged, married, whatever that uh you could get something out of it and so that's kind of i think i think we succeeded at that as far as from a i would know, hope putting the message out that way yeah i think it i think it came across very well good good yeah because yeah, uh the idea is you know the idea going into sunday was like sex is not something that we should hide right like so uh, growing up and i don't know man you've had less of a stint maybe in church than i have you know what i mean like yeah. I, so all my teen years all of that was in church and um you know i would love to hear your perspective on this but like feeling like that notion that we talked about Sunday, like sex is evil. It's bad. It's terrible. It's wicked. It's disgusting. Save it for the person you love. Like, do you feel like you, yeah. even the, the less amount of time you've been in church, that's still been the notion for you? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an exaggerated way to say it, <laughs> sure, but, sure. but it's, the tone. Uh, it's kind of what is communicated. Yeah. You know, I think it's all pure intentions and, and, you know, like for example, I mean, I remember, I remember the when we first got to the last church that I was a part of when our whole group first became, you know, we were serving in student ministry and all that, and right. they were just entering into True Love Waits mm. in the student ministry, right? You know, and that, there's a whole booklet that comes along with it, and they do the whole the ring ceremony that they do with the parents, and you kind of, yeah, you kind of like yep. uh, marrying quote unquote marrying Jesus, you know, and, and you wear the purity ring and all that stuff. Um, so I mean it's well intentioned, sure. But I do agree with you that you know there's not a whole lot of because I think the flip side is if if they feel like if, you know take a student group or a student ministry like a youth group, you know you're, I think the flip side is if they talk about sex in any other way, that the kids are going to walk out of there curious or wanting to do it. We can't paint it like it's good because then they're going to want to go do it. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> yeah. So um, I think that's what happens. The problem is you're right, though. I mean, you you hear about, especially if you only grew up in church, you only hear about it one way. And then, like, in one instance, that whole mindset is supposed I do, to flip. Yeah, and, supposed and, to, yeah, and yeah. I don't know that that's, that's the case. So, um, you know, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. So to answer your question, I do remember when the true love waits thing, the purity culture and all those things. Um 
And I liked how you presented it. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves on the notes, but, you know, it's not about purity necessarily. Right. You know, but not, you know, you had to add in that. It doesn't mean we're about, you know. Impurity. Impurity. Yeah. Um, but there's something bigger than that. So I thought that was it's, really good. Yeah, it's approaching, so, and we'll get there in a second, but it's approaching sex from a gospel perspective, you know, that it's not about your actions, it's about your heart. But we'll deal with that in a second. But, yeah, it's not, it's, not, it's the same way we approach the gospel. The gospel is not about morality. Right. Now, we were certain wouldn't suggest that we need to preach immorality, right? Like that, yeah. I don't remember who he was, but he mentioned that in the American Gospel. It's like, you know, we're not suggesting we need to preach immorality, but the root of it isn't morality. Uh, and the same thing for, uh, for when it comes to sex and purity, you know, we are certainly not suggesting they need to, that in a, you know, anti-purity movement, it's just that it's more than that. Yeah, because I think what happens is if you, you can create this almost like justification. Because if you tell, if you tell people, young people, I keep want to say young people, because I know you deal with this. But it's not, group, it's, it's not, yeah, young it's people. every But age. if you tell young people, you know. That you shouldn't, uh, you take a single a single guy that's twenty two, you know that sex outside of marriage is is not what what God has for us. Sure, you know does that then for that person because it is a heart, it truly is a heart issue. Yeah, you know in his mind, well if I if I you know subscribe to this website, at least I'm not out there, you know having premarital sex. Right. When that's not a solution either. Right. A hundred percent. You know, so it's like, well, yeah, this may not be fully good, but it's not as bad. Right. You know, exactly. and that's, right, right. and that gets into, I mean, you could apply that to any type of sin, you know, but it's like, that's where it becomes a heart issue and not just a, an action behavior issue. Right. Because I think at the end of the day, the problem with, so, and here's my beef with it. And you'll look, I know you'll agree just because of conversations we've had. The purity culture movement exists because discipleship doesn't. Okay. So. We're going there then. And so the purity culture exists because discipleship doesn't. We're not discipling young people. So now we have to try to figure out a way to alter their behavior patterns. That's good. And it's like, or we help them take a gospel-centric, discipled perspective to sanctification and righteousness laying our life down of the things we want to take up the things Jesus wants for us, which is Christianity. It is discipleship. It is walking out the reality of the gospel in our lives. Like, so the, I think that's my issue with it is we haven't, we haven't fixed anything there right. and we'll get into that a little more as we approach it. But, um, that's good though. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about what sex is, how God sees sex and, uh, you know, just kind of get hit a few things for you. Sex is good. Husbands and wives should want to have sex with their spouse. And even the Bible says that, that they should give it to their spouses that, you know, that they shouldn't be withheld from their spouses. Right. Um, married couples should do it often. We're supposed to have kids. So it is part of reproduction, but sex isn't just about kids. Um, one that I think the church under communicates a little bit is that singleness and celibacy is celebrated too. Um, so, the idea that every person is going to have a spouse. God is sending you a spouse, and every person is supposed to have one. Uh, Paul actually suggests that more people should walk out the journey of singleness and celibacy. So I think it should be celebrated when people are in that lifestyle rather than just being like, hope you're going to get married soon. I know we say it jokingly, but yeah. for some people it's like uh, they could be navigating they could be navigating a level of insecurity or inferiority or inadequacy yeah. 
and that constant reel of are you married yet are you married yet are you married you know what i mean or like i, I can see how that could be old oh yeah you know? i experienced that that's i was gonna ask you but i didn't want to put you like out <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like no i mean i you know does is that vulnerable? deal with i mean i don't no, know how vulnerable no, not me i mean but I, I definitely don't i definitely don't think that i fall into the like paul's talking about you yeah. know but i don't I don't deal with anything because I'm not married yet. In fact, you know, I think the real time I'm thankful just because I think some people got married, you know, too whether young. too young or didn't have their stuff together when they got married. So it just didn't work out. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, how many people we know that are even our age that are on their second already? Or, you know, it's marriage. Like, yeah. I just marriage, don't. Not I, child, marriage. Yeah. Right, right. And I just don't want that for myself, you know. But, um, yeah, it's. Fair enough. I, I, yeah. I think that you're right. That should be. There should be I mean, when you talked about it. What last week or the week before? You yeah. know where where p- people should kind of stop some of that because they're. It's just like, and I've done this. It's just like um, people that uh, married couples. Yeah. Asking about kids. Yes. Hey, y'all gonna have a kid? You know what you when don't you know is maybe they've been trying for years. Yeah. You know, been six miscarriages. You know, like right? You just and, don't, and or, I've or been one gu- for that. Matter, and but, I've been know. guilty of that myself. Sure. Just you know, but because I think that's what it's just what people do. Like it's the expectation. Yeah. Sure. When you're gonna have kids and those type of things, but. Um, I think you're right. I think that that, that Paul himself, mm-hmm. you know, as an example of someone that we look to in the Bible, you know, we can learn from him with with that. But of course, yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then the last thing is that sex, like every other good thing God has given us, has boundaries, and that's kind of where we picked up and we talked about the week prior, and you know, we won't jump into all that. But you know, what the thing, what God wants for us, and God does want us to flourish. Like He wants us. God wants to have a, us to have a flourishing life. Now, that may not mean a prosperity. That's not a prosperity perspective. Get rich, you know. House or die trying. You know, what's that? Or die trying. Or die, get rich. Hashtag fifty cent. Oh man, that Creflo dollars <laughs> half brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we the idea that God wants us to flourish, not from a prosperity gospel type of perspective, not the Kenneth Copeland, you know, write a big check so you can get a big check type thing. That's not what we're talking about, but that God genuinely wants you to live a life that is flourishing. You know, that John 10, 10, I came that they would have a life and have it to the full type of context. Um, And in that he established boundaries to do two things. And that's what we were talking about. God established boundaries to keep us connected, right? Uh, Keep us connected. Yes. And then protected. And protected. Yeah. So um, so he wants to keep us connected. Um, and we talked about the idea, again, go back and check out the whole sermon, but we talked about the idea of how uh, our spirit, uh, how conviction oftentimes is a slow erosion. Yeah. Not a moment of outright rebellion. That's good. Right? So it's like, I don't wake up, most people don't wake up one day and be like, you know what? Like, forget this. I'm going to do what I want and I don't love God. You know, most of the time when we see, when we deal with people, it's they, there's this slow erosion of conviction. They make, they, they go look at that, that website one time. They, right. They're, you know, they, it's a, uh, it's a slow, it's a slow road to get there. Yeah. Right? They, you, you do. They don't walk in one day and flirt with their coworker and have sex with them that day. Right. It starts with unhealthy jokes and then it turns into unhealthy conversations and then it turns into text messages and then it turns That's into right. phone calls after your spouse went to bed and then it turns like, it's it's a slow evolution of erosion of your conviction and your spiritual 
uh, connection to God. And, and all of that erosion, what it's doing is it's, it's eroding your conviction. But what we don't often realize is when our conviction is being eroded, our connection to God is being eroded. Yeah. That's what I'm, we're losing the ability to hear God clearly or choosing to block him out altogether. Um, and so we kind of talked about that a little bit. And then we talked about being protected. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, how uh, God's boundaries exist to protect us. And we even gave some analogies. And I think that it was super helpful for some people because it's like seeing God as this evil dictator that tells you you can't have all the things you want. If that's your picture of God, then yeah, like that seems very, that seems like a legalistic dictator. Sounds not fun. It sounds not fun. But when we realize that God put boundaries in place to actually to protect us, um, and it was the analogies we gave, right? Like no one has any problem with the fact that God created boundaries for the solar system. Like we don't, we, you know, we don't uh, move too far out of our distance from the sun or we would all die, right? No one has a problem with us putting boundaries, the way God putting boundaries on the ocean. Like now the whole earth doesn't flood again. So we're good in that arena. I even get, you know, I told him, I told everyone, like, we get, we're giving your kids monster energy drinks before they go home with you today. You know, and you could hear everyone like, oh, and, um, and it's like, right, because you don't have a problem with us acknowledging that though they may want it, though it may taste good, though it's appealing to them, though it's attractive, and though they may, they may even like it, there's a, there's a time frame for them to say, this isn't good for you right now. That's right. But when God does it to us, we get mad. <laughs> forgot to say uh, i know that you like it i know it's appealing i made it that way but there's a time coming where you should have that and this is not the time until you get married and so when god does it we get all up in arms about it oh do we <laughs> you know <laughs> you know i love americans so it's it's that idea that god knows better for us than we do you know um and so yeah I, I, that's i think that's i mean what you're saying is like because we think we know better than god Essentially, yeah. yeah. We think we know. Like, no no one would say that outright, but we would certainly suggest it with our actions. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, and so that kind of segued us to how do I shift the approach? And we talked about kind of three things on shifting the approach. Uh, the first thing is... Don't play with your destruction. That's right. Don't play with your destruction. And I didn't fluff up these words any. I just kind of gave them straight, like... As to what it was and what Colossians 3 is really talking about, you know, um, Colossians 3, 5 through 10, you got it right there, right, Justin? Yeah. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Yeah. So he, he, he didn't say put it away. He didn't say hide it in the closet. He didn't say put it up until some, like, until the appropriate time. Put to death. Right. Therefore, whatever belongs to, you know, and in the second service, I even gave the analogy about how like the when animals attack thing, you know, Matt Chandler uses it in the explicit yeah. gospel. You know, it's like, I'm, you know, from when you're watching when animals attack, it's like, I'm always rooting for the animal. You know, it's good. if you lay a girl on a, in a bikini on top of a lion to sell shampoo and that lion turns on her. Well, job thing. Well, yeah. And he talked about how the trainer is always like, they film the trainer. It's like, this is crazy. You know, like I never thought it's like. No. It's like what was the uh, the documentary on Netflix? The Tiger guy, the Tiger King, Tiger King. Yeah, yeah. When a bit old girl's arm off or whatever. Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a tiger. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah. that's what he was like. It's crazy. He's like, no, it's a lion. No, your haircut's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, like, but that's that, what lions do. You know, yeah. like, 
and, and it, it's crazy for us as believers to think that we can entertain sin in our lives and be shocked when it turns on us to destroy us. Right. That's good. Because it inevitably will. Right. Um, as we're talking about how we're being renewed in the knowledge of the image of our creator, which is Jesus. So when we come to Jesus, we're putting off our old self with its practices and we're coming and being renewed in the knowledge of, of Jesus uh, as we're being transformed. So now we're starting to take on a new mindset. We're starting to have a renewed perspective and a, a shift in our thinking, even, even in our desires for that matter. Right. And um, so and we even said that your temptation is not your identification. What you're tempted with is not who you are. Your struggle right. does not define you. But your identification, who you are in Christ, who Jesus says you are, the victory over everything in your life that he's given us through the power of the cross and the life that he gave for us will help us overcome every temptation. Um, you know, and so those things are important. Yeah. So, and then number two. Number two, fix your eyes on your delight. Fix your eyes on your delight. Um, Colossians 3, starting with verse 1. Go ahead. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Yeah, so, you know, essentially it's saying what, and what we said Sunday, verse 1, we picked up at verse 1. So it actually... We read it out of order intentionally. The put to death part starts in verse 5. Comes after this. Right. Put your mind on Christ is actually verse 1 and 2. And it's and, and what the what the writer is trying to help us understand there, what I think we've gotten it wrong, man. We've got it wrong in churches. Uh, in Christianity in general is um, we've, we've adopted a mindset. For people, for Christians, for how they should walk out this journey that says you need to get rid of your sins so you can come to Jesus. Yeah. So you need to start acting right so that you can come to God. You need to cover it up. You need to get rid of it. You need whatever so that you can come to God. And matter of fact, Colossians 3 is actually saying the opposite. He's saying you need to put your mind on Christ so that you can put to death all these things. areas of your life that you shouldn't have. Right. But putting your mind on Christ makes putting those things to death even possible. That's right. And we keep trying to get behavior modification out of people whose minds isn't fixed on Christ. That's good. They don't love Jesus. They're not pursuing Jesus. They don't have a relationship with Jesus. They're not reading the word. There's no prayer life. Uh, they have no affection for God whatsoever. And we're trying to get them to act right. It's like, that's not going to work. That's right. And so we wonder why people are just generally frustrated um, and, and we even gave kind of some tips on how to do that in the service. But, you know, the idea that part of setting our minds on Christ is finding great delight in everything that Jesus has presented to us, you know, that, that, uh, the car that we drive, the house we go to, the kids that we have, the food that we eat, all of those things scream, uh, with great uh, identification, the glory of God and that God is literally in everything. I mean, me and you like to eat. I do. We're foodies. What'd y'all yeah. get for lunch today? Jersey Mike's. We had, uh, I, had, we had the, I had to take John to his house. Well, he don't yeah, have his car. Not my favorite, but not mine either. But nonetheless, I can appreciate some salami and some ham and I'm here I for mean, it. So, but nonetheless, it had I, flavor. Yeah. Which is your point. I went to, I went to Ruby Tuesdays and I got a burger, I had an onion ring on it, bacon, cheese, oh. barbecue sauce. 
How about that? It was it was delicious. But with that said, all of those flavors are combining to like to make something great. And the chef didn't make that. The chef assembled it, but God created. And that's so what we were talking about that you know, we could live off of a cardboard like substance, as Chandler says, and and survive. Like God didn't have to make food taste good. Matter of fact, he didn't have to make reproduction feel good. Like if the if if the sole goal of sex was to have kids, that could have been a tormentful like, aspect. I mean, like most other mammals. Like most other mammals. Yeah. And with that said, even the women, ha- because of sin, are actually to experience childbirth have to take on an element of that pain. So, like the the element of reproduction for humans doesn't have to be a delight. It doesn't have to be right. a good thing. It doesn't have to be something we enjoy. But here, God gives us this. Uh, uh, both sex, reproduction, you know, all of those things, but in every aspect of our lives, um, things that should cause us to look to God and say, wow, you're so good. Like what you made is incredible. Right. This this is beautiful. Every sunset, every sunrise, you know, I was telling one of our guys the other day about how, uh, you know, I was looking, when I look at different sunsets, part of me is just so like uh, enthralled, a little bit, you know, because it's one of those things where it's like, you know, that's so beautiful and it's never going to happen again. Like mm-hmm. every sunrise I see, there will be another sunrise, but there won't be one like that one. They're mm-hmm. unique, like a fingerprint, the cloud structure and the way right. that like that will never happen that way again. And tomorrow I'm going to get to experience it again in a different way. And God's going to be glorified again in it with the same level of affection, but in a different way because the image is different. Like, and what, what if, and what we are getting at is, what if we found delight in everything God created? Our children, our homes, what we have, the sun, rets, so the sun rises and the sunsets, the, uh, the flowers in the field, the trees, the birds, um, the dolphins. The, like, I know it gets real, like, butterfly, rainbowish, but, like, right. what if, you know, again, the fajitas or the, the cheeseburger, the sandwich, or, or our friendships and the relationships that God has brought? Like, what if we didn't find great delight in all of the things around us, but in the God who made all of the things. And what if we became so passionate and, and it stirred our hearts and the affection in our hearts that every good thing we have comes from the Lord, the Bible says. And what if it calls us to look to God in that manner, be grateful in our heart in that manner, celebrate God in that manner, glorify God, as the Bible says, in that manner. And if all of our attention for every good thing that was going on was constantly doing that, how little time would we have to put our minds in places it shouldn't be? Right. How little attention will we have to put our mind in some of these spaces? And so to genuinely give uh, delight, put our eyes on our delight, uh, and that can change everything. Changes everything. You know, instead of just like, again, trying to grin and bear it and wrestle and, uh, you know, all of that, like changing the the context for that. Um, That's good. And And that's practical. Right. Like that is like, that's a practical thing that you can do. Yeah. I like that. And so we said on Sunday, your temptations may never go away, but when we come to God, we have a greater affection competing with those temptations. Yeah. Um, which took us to number three, which is what we were kind of talking about earlier. Yeah. Right. The idea of pursuing sexual integrity over sexual purity, you know, and we can unpack that for the rest of 
our time today, you know, but pursuing sexual integrity over sexual purity. So did you have any additional thoughts in regards to that other than what we already talked about off the top of your head? You know, I mean, not really. I, I think, you know, just I could see how church people would be like, what? You know, <laughs> yeah. just I, I, there's a couple heads like the burr, you know, type of yeah. moment when I said that. And not in a bad way, but no. like, it, you know, it just kind of all you hear about is purity. And this is saying, you know, actually there's something above that. Right. Or more, more important than that. Yeah. Um, purity is is one chapter of the book, uh, metaphorically. You know what I mean? Like, and it almost could be a byproduct. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're trying to get them to be, to, to live out this purity thing, but that's a, purity is a byproduct of the integrity. Yes. Yes. You know? Great point. Yeah. Because like we said on Sunday, integrity is a heart issue, but purity is an action issue. And the church, again, is, keeps trying to adjust actions. We keep trying to change people's actions, but we haven't helped them biblically deal with their heart. And that's where we run into the issue. We, we need to be challenging people to integrity. And that's what discipleship does. That's why I said what I said earlier. The reason the church has needed to preach a purity culture is because we haven't built a discipleship culture. That's good. We haven't walked young people through their teen years and early 20s having an understanding of what biblical integrity and a pursuit after Christ looks like in that manner. Therefore, when they turn 16 or 14 or whatever age, um, and as they walk through their twenties and into their thirties and all of that stuff, we just feel like we're in a constant state of trying to modify their behavior because at no point did we ever go out of our way to try to cause them to fall more in love with Jesus so much so that they would fall away uh, or, or not put their desires onto whatever it is they want. Because at the end of the day, integrity works its way out into far more than just sex. Right. You know, uh, you, it deals with your, it deals with drug addiction and alcoholism and all of those things. It's a matter of your heart, you know, trying to tell an addict to quit being an addict has never worked in the history of addiction ever. Right. But when we can get to their heart and we help them identify that they want to be more like Jesus, they want to be whole and part of that is walking away from that to pursue something greater than that. Um, now we're able to start dealing with that in a healthy way and in a healthy manner. And then it starts to unpack it for us, dealing with it on a heart level and not just an action level. That's good. You know, because every parent certainly like, don't do that to their teenager. Yeah. What do they do? Like that, that, you know, so it's, it's that, that same mindset walking into uh, Christianity, you know, uh, and, and, and I, there was a couple of things that, you know, as we were running out of time Sunday that I didn't get a chance to dabble into, but so we broke down sex, sex in sexual purity. And we did mention this, but it is, it's a state of wrestling turmoil, a white knuckle, good at teeth, exhausted state of saying, no, you can't have it. You can't have it. You can't have it. You can't have it. Right. Uh, one day you can, but you better not until then. So that's the purity idea. Question is, where does all of our affection rest when we're doing that? It's still on sex. So we've still made an idol out of the creation instead of the creator. Right. We're just holding back our desire. We're just managing our behavior, but we haven't changed our idolatry. Yeah. We're just hitting the pause button on it. I got it. <laughs> but our heart is still, our heart is still idolizing sex over God. Right. Right. Um, so we're not worshiping God in our desires. We're just worshiping our desires but holding our finger on the pause button until we get married and then we can do it. But we haven't stirred our affections for the Lord, but sex in sexual integrity 
is a state of rested temptation. As we said on Sunday, a position of resting temptation, uh, of resisting temptation uh, to be looking at God as our delight, pursuing him as our fulfillment and allowing him to be the placement of our affection. But we actually, one of the things we didn't get to do Sunday, but I wanted to unpack for a second, is how marriage plays out when we're talking about integrity and we're talking about purity. Because marriage and sexual purity um, looks like this, and it's a question, what if the closed gate of sex automatically gets opened because of marriage. So again, what if we took our finger off the pause button? Now I'm married. I can have sex. Right. Right. Um, but because we still haven't dealt with our lack of sexual integrity, you walk right into a marriage with all of our problems still attached to us that we've just managed to keep under control long enough. So we haven't harnessed our sexual addiction. We haven't done anything with those problems. Right. We've just taken them into a marriage with someone else now. Now it's me and my wife have an issue with my internal struggle, right? So it's like the problem's still there. Right. You can just have sex now, but you're still idolizing the creation over the creator, which means your wife eventually won't be enough for you and you'll be looking at other women, whether that's on a computer screen or at work or whatever, right? Because we haven't dealt with the heart. We've only dealt with the action what happens when now you, we open the gate, but the heart is still needing something more than it needs God. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. And, and what happens if you don't get married and the anticipation of what you are focused on not letting yourself have becomes such a desire because you're constantly thinking about it that you cast off the restraint and just pursue it with everything you have. In other words, um, you know, if you're just holding your finger on the pause button waiting to get married, but what happens if you don't get married by 25 like you thought you would have? Right. 30, 35, 40, you know, like eventually if we don't deal with the heart, they're going to come off the pause button. Yeah. Like it's going to happen. And then you're just going to give yourself to your temptation thinking, I can't hold this down any longer anyways, so yeah. I might as well give myself to it. Then shame sets in, et cetera. Right. You know, guilt, shame, condemnation, all this, all that. Right. And then once you're covered in guilt, shame and condemnation because of sin, well, if I'm going to feel this way, I might as well keep doing it. Like I might as well enjoy myself under this shame. Right. You know what I mean? I might as well keep doing it. If I'm going to feel shameful anyways, I might as well have the thing I'm feeling shameful about. I mean, that's what a lot of people wrestle with, you know? Um, but marriage and sexual integrity is different. Sexual integrity calls us to a higher understanding of who we are what we're called to and how sex is a small part of a much bigger picture with marriage. We're supposed to be giving our wives as men, our wives and as ladies, your husbands, you're supposed to be giving them that part of you. Um, that's more than just your physical body. Um, but you are supposed to join together and then pursue Christ together. So if you're entering into a marriage with integrity, um, your affection for God is already stirred and now you're joining another person and you're together pursuing God with integrity, a heart after him, and sex is a delight that you get to take part in, all the while glorifying God even in it. Like, mm-hmm. So it's just, it's a different approach, right? And um, so, um, yeah, a, a, an important distinction because like we said you'll never find wholeness in anything more than the God that made you for himself. Um, we had a Jackie Hill Perry quote, but you can go. Jackie Hill Perry. You can go check that out in the sermon. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Jackie O'Perry Perry's a gangster, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's her Twitter. Yeah. Her Twitter. Her Twitter's. Uh, yeah. She, she's on another one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. So that's it. Go check out the whole sermon. Uh, you that's can it. do that. Good time. Good so, time. Justin, Uh-oh. rapid fire. You Uh-oh. ready for this? What All right, guys. Rapid fire rounds. We got a new set of cards from Poddex, so we're going to uh, hit a few different cards. This is a would you rather uh, series of questions. So I feel like it might be easier. Sometimes you're like, I don't know. I got to think know. about that. This will give me two options. So then you, you got to pick one. Yeah, you just got to pick one. All right. All right. So. Here, all right. Would you rather have your face printed on money or own your small town named in your honor? Have my name printed on money or for your face printed on I money. I mean, that's what I meant. My or have a small town named after you and in, in your honor. Money. That's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Money's everywhere. All right. Um <laughs> this one's kind of funny, but I almost didn't put it because it's like the, if you have an office party, then it's going to be at the church. But I just thought it's worth doing. So, wow. uh, would you rather spike the punch or Xerox <laughs> your butt at the next office party? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a tough one. I, I probably would not think about the Xerox your butt thing. <laughs> I probably just wouldn't think that. You know? Like, All right. Like, Fair enough. So I guess by default I have to. Yeah, yeah. By default you have to. Do it. All right. Um, oh, this one. This one's good. Uh, when I read this, I was like, "Oh, I gotta ask him this one." Would you rather be forced to high five everyone you make eye contact with, or strike up conversations with at least five strangers a day? The conversation. <laughs> I don't high five everybody. <laughs> You'll be the master encourager. Yeah. High five. High no. five. No, I mean, nothing wrong with a high five, but, like, everybody I come in contact with, no. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, make eye contact with. So you can just walk around with your head down, I guess. I, yeah, I just, I would rather, I mean, I can talk to five strangers. That's no problem. Awesome. And then uh, this is the last one. I saved it for last. Uh-oh. Uh, would, you, would you rather wear a monitor that beeps when you're lying or beeps when you're attracted to someone? <laughs> um... Beeps when you're attracted to someone. Uh, all right. Well, at least it's out in the open now. Yeah. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, no awkward. Unless you're around like a bunch of married girls and their husbands. <laughs> now, yeah, I guess I could, I could see that getting. I guess I could see that getting a little. Uh, yeah. But, you know. Uh, it is what it is. I shouldn't be lying anyways. Uh, well, yeah. I've never understood that. As a husband, uh, I found my wife beautiful. Uh, and I've, you know, different times, different throughout life, people have complimented me on having a beautiful wife or whatever. But even like before I was saved, when we were, you know, when I was younger or whatever, over the years, like I've always found it odd that if another man were to compliment another man's wife or even hit on her in a, in a honorable way, just approach her. Let's say like before marriage, she's not wearing a ring. You don't know. She's like with yeah. someone. Yeah. Walk up to her and be like, Hey, you're, you're beautiful. Like, you know, if you know, can I? Can I get your phone number or whatever, whatever, right. whatever? Uh, and like for a boyfriend to just get like lose his mind over insecure. that. Insecure. <laughs> insecure, bro. Insecure. Like, for day. him, well, it's like I always thought that that was a compliment. Like if you're hitting on like right. my my girlfriend, fiance, wife, like 
that's a compliment. Yeah. You know, I even now I, somebody's sitting on your wife and they know she's married. Yeah, that's different. That's different. Yeah, it's different. Way different. Yeah. But like, if she, you know, again, fiance or well, fiance should have a ring on, but your girlfriend, it's like, man, if, if they're hitting on that person, uh, like that's a compliment. Like, don't, yeah. don't stop being so insecure. Insecure. Bro. Like, get over yourself. Solid like, is. Yeah, uh, I saw a video one time where it was like it was like in the club, <laughs> uh, and there was a girl sitting at the bar. And a guy walks up to her, and you can't hear the voices. So it's like a it's like a security footage video almost. Okay. So you can't hear any voices. You can just watch what's transpiring. And uh, a guy walks up to the this young lady who's like sitting at the bar or whatever, and they're kind of interacting. And she kind of you can see her doing hand motions like no thank you, um, you know. And he just kind of persists a little bit more, and she's like no. And she does this number like pointing like her thumb behind her. Um, and you would, and then you find out, okay, it's probably, and then it shows like another camera angle and her boyfriend is coming to like cut dude off, you know, like kind of save his girl, if you will, you know, um, and he gets there and then, uh, you can see the guy that was hitting on the girl kind of puts his hands up, you know, like, Hey, no, no, no worries. Uh, and the dude that was coming to rescue his girlfriend or whatever like reaches out and shakes the guy's hand like it's all good bro like you didn't know she was taken yeah she's beautiful i know she's beautiful you know she's beautiful that's how no. i got her yeah right right yeah so no harm no foul like you know you you were saying my bad a lot of I'm, people want to fight yeah exactly it's like come on man so I'm anyways not gonna do that yeah anyways nah. i always thought it was, i thought i found it was like it is look at honorable insecure honorable yeah are you suggesting that the world has insecure people in it yeah, most people. Literally everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, well, anyways, Literally thank you guys for tuning in with us this week for yep. another week. Uh, it's been a good time. Sushi sex subtitles. We got our last, last, last uh, week, last sermon, last part of the series coming up. This Sunday. Week. This Sunday. So, tune in, check us out, be online, be in person, all the above. Yep. We'd love to have you there. Justin, where can they find more about the church? Man? Find us online at transformationchurch.com or Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. There it is. We'll catch you guys next week for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. See you guys. Later. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review us on iTunes. You get double points if you show love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Brad and Pastor Justin on Instagram and Twitter at at Brad Livingston underscore and at Justin Oswald underscore. Tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. And for more information on Transformation Church, visit us online at mytc.life and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola.